This inspiring message comes to you from Impact Church in Kingston, Ontario, where we are committed to living like Jesus and loving like Jesus. It is our prayer that this message blesses and enriches your life. Yes, we. I'll just give you a brief background of our story, how, how we got here, and, and then I'll share what God has put in my heart. You know, we were here, and we came to, to Kingston in 2010, but before then, um, I came to Canada in 2000, in the year 2000, December 2000, December 13th to be specific. I remember very well because I wanted to go back home. Uh, <laughs> yes, you know, I, I, <laughs> I told my dad that I wanted to go to Canada to study electrical engineering, and, and I, I worked hard to get the admission got the admission, and I was excited, very elated, um, and eventually we got into the, the plane, and the plane landed on, on, in Canada, Montreal, and uh, as soon as I got out of the airport, I really, really wanted to go back home. It was just too cold, and, and that year was my hardest year ever in Canada. I, I felt homesick. I, I was missing my lovely wife. Um, Olu, she wasn't my wife then. She was just a friend. A fancy, maybe, yeah, fancy then. We already connected. I, it, was, it was bad. And I, I didn't like the food. <laughs> it was, yeah, not spicy enough. And it was, it was the toughest, toughest year of my life. But, but why I'm sharing this is because it was something that I wanted so badly, and it was something good. But it was tough. And I'm using that to say to you that, you know, when we first get born again, we're excited as fresh fire. You want to do everything in the name of Jesus. You're wondering, why didn't anybody tell me this before now? And you're so excited, you jump up and you go out and begin to try to practice the Christian life. And you have a shock, just like I did. (laughs) Discover that not everybody's excited about what you're excited about. You discover that it's not so exciting all the time. You discover that there's somebody called the devil who is against you who wants to mess you up. And then you have a very hard time. But does that mean you should stop? No. No. It, you may feel that it's tough, but it doesn't mean that it's not good. And, and, and that's why I was sharing that story. I, I, I feel the Lord saying to my heart to share with us. What I titled symptoms of spiritual malady. The symptoms of someone that is spiritually sick. You know, because when we are in the kingdom, we, we sometimes think that we are all right until you, you check yourself. I remember when I was coming to Canada, I, I was very strong, doing very well, and um, I went to to the embassy and they said you need to get a medical check before you, you go to Canada. So I went and, and did a medical check and by the time they came out with the result, my doctor told me that you have high blood pressure. I didn't know that. The only reason why I knew that was because I went for a checkup. Today is your spiritual checkup. Amen. Every one of us is going to get some of this. I got mine already because I prepared the message. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes, 
So I'm going to, I'm just going to share quickly some of this, and then at the end I will talk about the solutions. And I hope that as I'm talking, your faith is rising, you're receiving healing, you're receiving breakthrough. I, I, I discovered that the way God works with me is like that. Many times when I'm preaching, people get healed, people get ideas, people's faith get you know, stirred up. And, and they just, they can't wait for the message to be over to, they go home and begin to practice what they've learned. So get ready. Just don't wait for the altar time. Just start taking it all. Hallelujah. Amen. So first, first one is lack of spiritual appetite for the word. Lack of appetite for the word. You know, you, when you begin to discover that you enjoy just checking Facebook and reading novels, Rather than reading the scripture, it's a sign that you are spiritually getting sick. You know, in, in the natural, that's what happens when you when you wake up in the morning and you about you just don't feel like eating your food for one or two days, then you begin to worry that something is wrong. I want to alert you to the point that when you discover that, you know, if you look back in last week, you didn't feel like reading your word, the word, opening up your Bible and studying. What you wanted to do was just play some worship music every day. There's something wrong with that. Because the Bible says, desire the sincere make of the word as newborn babes. The word of God should always be fresh in our hearts. And so, take note. If you discover that you're beginning to lack appetite for the word, then it's a sign. And when you have lack of love, you know, lack of love for... I'm going to start with the ones closest to you, your spouse, your children. You begin to find that they irritate you. You know, they begin to irritate you, you know. The, the baby is crying and you feel like knocking some sense into his head. <laughs> or the teenager is just saying, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. You want to teach him something so he knows. It, it, something's happening. You know, it's, something is happening. You're, you're, you're beginning to be sick spiritually. Let's, let's not assume that that is alright. You know, I, I discover that that's where sometimes we make the mistake. We think it's alright that everybody's there, then it doesn't matter. It does matter. You know, when, 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 when you begin to discover that you don't have love for the people in your local church. You know, I'm moving on to, to the local church now. There's something wrong with that. When you're comfortable saying, you know what, that person, I don't care what they say. I, I, I just don't want to talk with them. And you're okay and you can go on. There's a problem. There's, not, there's nothing wrong with someone offending you and then you recovering and, and settling it. But there's something wrong with you being okay without resolving it. You know, the, you know what the Bible says? When I first read this in secondary school, I, I was amazed. I said, this is not fair. The Bible says that when you find someone has something against you and you come to church like this to present something to God, you know what he says you should do? Put aside what you've got to bring to God and go settle that person first. And, and when I read that scripture, and you, you can go back and look at it. When I read that scripture, I, it bothered me because I said, I'm not the one that has something against him. He has something against me. Why do I have to be the one to go look for him? You know, John 13, chapter 35, John chapter 13, verse 35 says, By this shall men know. That we are his disciples when we have what? Love for one another. So when you discover that you, you're saying that church, this church, that church, they don't know what they're doing. They sing too much. They don't know what they're doing. They pray too much. They don't know what they're doing. They don't wear suit enough. Something is wrong with that. 
a lack of desire for prayer, you know, lack of desire for prayer. I see that, you know, sometimes your heart just gets to the point where you just want to, you, you don't want to pray. I remember once I lost my dad's Bible and I was praying. I was saying, Lord, bless me. Lord, use me. Lord, manifest your power in me. And then the Holy Spirit said to me, you know, the Bible you lost, your dad's Bible you lost, go back and tell him that you lost it. I didn't want to do that. Because I helped him to look for it when it got lost. <laughs> Adi, do you know where my Bible is? Did you check under the table? Have you looked here? I look with him. And then the Holy Spirit said, go tell him you're the one that lost your, his Bible. And you know what happened after that? I didn't feel like praying anymore. Because when I go to pray, I will remember what the Lord told me to do. And I didn't want to do it. But I had to do it because I couldn't go on. It's a relationship. It's not just doing anything you like. It's a relationship. So when you begin to see that you don't feel like praying, you don't feel like praying alone, you don't feel like praying with people, you don't feel like praying, having prayer time, you prefer to have breakfast rather than pray. You know that? You want to go for breakfast meeting? You call the breakfast meeting, 100 people show up. You call prayer meeting, 5 people show up. What's wrong with that? Something's happening, Right? There's a need. When we discover that there's no passion for, for, for the lost, when you begin to discover that your heart doesn't want to preach the gospel, it's a, it's a lack. When you find yourself going back to your vomit, what, what does that mean? You, the sins you thought you had overcome, you're beginning to go back to do them. Second Peter chapter 2. 2 verse 22. That's a very interesting scripture. I like that scripture because it's all twos, right? Second Peter chapter 2 verse 22. You can't forget that. It says, don't return to your vomit. Don't go back to the things that you were doing before. But it's, it's an alarm. It's, it, when you discover that the things that you thought you would overcome, you're going back to do them, it's a sign that there's sickness in your spiritual life. Don't sit and say it's alright. It's not alright. It's not alright. When you begin to have increased difficulty in tithing, yeah, I will go there. <laughs> Tithing, 10% of your income. You, do, you were given it before with joy and you don't feel like giving anymore. Is a sign of spiritual problems. Yeah, you need to know that. Because if you don't know the symptoms, you will think you're alright. You are not alright if you were given 10% and then suddenly you say 10% is too much for this church. There's a problem there. And you know, people ask me, is there tithing in the New Testament? I said, no, but they give it all. In the New Testament, it's about giving everything. 50%, to 80%, 90%. It's all right, 100. That's what is in the New Testament. So when, you, when, we say t- when we say 10, it's just the beginning. And when you discover that you don't have that heart to do that, it's a sign that something is wrong. I discovered that when people give, first get, give their life to Christ, I've had to personally tell them, hey, keep some of this money for yourself. Because they want to give everything. But when you discover that you're always thinking, you begin to look for scriptures to prove that there's no reason for tithing, there's a problem in the spirit. Refusal to forgive others. Someone hurts you, and you say, you know what, I'm just not going to talk to them. I don't really need you in my life. That's wrong. I began to understand that even deeper when I had a stroke last year. 
Some of us don't know that. I had a stroke last year in uh, April the 7th. I was doing well in church and I was uh, praying as usual. And, and it was a day of prayer meeting. I was in Nigeria um, in 2014. My wife and I and the children, we went back to Nigeria to plan a church. And as we were doing the work there, the Friday, I was doing okay. And then suddenly I began to notice that my walking was different. I, my hands were feeling a little bit weaker. And long story short, by, by the end of the day, I couldn't walk anymore. I had to be put on a wheelchair to move me around. And uh, when I was in the hospital, I was told that you, you have a stroke. Wow. How can you have a stroke at 42? That's wrong. And, um, I, I, you know, the, the, the thing about that is that while the stroke was happening, I was praying and doing everything I could do, and it was getting worse. You know, I didn't have control over it, but there's something that kept me going. God's word was in, in my heart. It says, you will go through this, but I will restore you, and you will be a different man. Hallelujah. It kept me going. It kept me going. Hallelujah. But you know what? I learned a lot from that stroke. I discovered that every part of my body is very important. You, you know, when, you, when you're all right, you don't realize that when you don't have your hand, it's going to be a big challenge. Or when you, you have, I, I, you know, what, what really amazed me was that, you know, I'm there, my hand, I can see it. There's nothing wrong with it, but I couldn't move it. It was just lying down there on the, on the bed, and I couldn't just move it. I couldn't, in my mind, I'm moving it, but it's not moving. And, and, and that makes me know that everyone is important. Everyone, every church, every believer is important. We need to know that we belong to one another. Without you, we can't do the work that God called us to do. If we will work together, we will take this city very fast. If we will keep working without one another, it takes a longer time to take the city. And what do I mean by take the city? Bring more people in. Give them the word of God. Set them loose so go get other people in. And then we begin to see God move. So we can't go around saying, I don't, I, don't, I don't like what you did. I don't like what you did. I'm just going to be on my own. When you are able to do that and then go back to pray, it's a sign that there's something wrong in the spirit. It's a sign that there's something wrong in the spirit. And when we focus more on the earth than on Christ. Colossians chapter 3 verse 1 says, you should, we should let our mind be on things that are above. Our heart has to be on Christ. You know, I, I, I talk with a lot of Christians and I'm also in the business world. So I talk with a lot of people in the business world. And I see that it is very possible for you to have your mind just on the earth. More money, more, more stuff, big house, uh, and all that stuff. And before you know it, you are old and you are going to Jesus. And then you de- realize that all that money is nothing. I want to encourage us. Let, once you begin to discover that in a whole week, two weeks, your heart is not thinking about the kingdom. It's not thinking about what happens after this. It's a sign that the heart is weak. It's going, you're sick in the spirit. And so what do we do about all this? If, you've, if you look through that and you discover that, oh yeah, that one catches me, that's me, that talks to me. What do we do? How do we get back on fire? Amen. We all have to go from here on fire. Stared up, ready to do the work of God. I believe that what Jesus came to do was to enable each one of us to be like him on earth. 
Imagine Jesus in doing investments. That's going to be good. Imagine Jesus being a nurse, being a, a teacher, being an engineer, being a doctor. That's what Jesus came to do, to release millions of himself all over the earth, doing the same thing or more than he was doing. Because it says, greater things than these shall you do, because I go to my Father. And what does that mean? He will be in us doing what he alone can do. Now, that's, that's, our, that's where we ought to be. But many of us are not there. Why? Because when we are sick, we don't get cured. We don't go to the healer. The first thing you do when you find that this is happening, you go back to God. Repent. That's the first step. Repent. Revelation chapter 2 verse 5 says, Remember therefore from where you are fallen, repent and do the first works. Repent and do the first works. Repent. Say, Lord, I'm sorry. It's me. That's all. I won't do it again. I don't want it again. That's all. It's not that hard. I discovered that as a Christian, if you're not repenting, you're not growing. Did you know that? A good Christian is not the one that doesn't repent. A good Christian is the one that is always repenting, not of the same thing, but of different things. So if you come, uh, and if I ask you, I say, when last did you repent? And you say, never. You're a liar. Start repenting. When you're not growing, you're not seeing new things. And so you're not going to repent. So the first thing is repent. Lord, I'm sorry. The next one is discover what God's ideal is for a Christian. Discover it. And I'm going to bring that out from Colossians chapter 1, verse 9 to 11. Discover what is God's will for me? What does God want me to be? And I'm going to just read the ones that are highlighted. Are they there in color? Yes, very good. The first thing is what? Filled, can we read it together? The green one. Filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That's God's desire for you. That we be filled with his will. We know what God wants me to do. That's not wonderful. You wake up in the morning and you say, yes, Lord, I'm ready to do all that you have for me to do today. And he tells you what to do. You do it. You're going to be well. You're going to be financially okay. You're going to be fruitful. The next thing, let's read together the yellow one now. Walk worthy of the law. That means walk like Jesus would walk. With character. With integrity. In love. In joy. The next one, the black one. Let's read together. Fully pleasing him. What a, what a blessing. Fully pleasing him. Next one, let's read together. Being fruitful in every good work. Wow. Every good work, you're fruitful. You know, it, what that means to me is everything you do brings people to Jesus. Everything you do, fruitful. If you're preaching, fruitful. If you're dancing, fruitful. You're playing soccer, fruitful. Playing basketball, fruitful. Fruitful. Your life just draws people to God. The next one, let's read. Being, oh, sorry. Strengthened. Is that the one? No. Increasing in the knowledge of God. Not knowledge about God, but knowledge of God. Knowing God. What a blessing. All this is what God wants for us. And, and the last one. Strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy. Because God knows that you have to suffer in this world as a Christian, but you do it with joy. You face challenges, but you don't give up. Amen. 
you know what? I, I went through a very weird time, you know, when I had a stroke. It was just weird. Like, I, did, I couldn't control anything. I, I didn't know what was going on. My wife was there. She, I'm sure she was wondering what was going on. I couldn't take my clothes off. I couldn't have my own shower. I was just down. But in all of that, God was there. And, and, and I was looking at the videos recently, and I saw that on my face, there was peace. And you know why? Because God was there. That's how God wants us to handle life. Amen. So what do we do? What do we do? Uh, the next step, I'll have it in Colossians chapter 1, verse 12 to 14. I, I call that, discover what Jesus has done. So number one, you repent, say, I'm sorry. Number two, you say, Lord, what, what is it that you really want from me? And you discover what God wants from us. That is for you to be walking around like Christians, like children of God, powerful, with, with might, with joy, with knowledge of God, with his will. The next thing you say, what has Jesus already done? What has Jesus already done for me? Let's look at that on the screen. Read one, let's read together the, the green one now. Who has qualified us? To be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the life. You are qualified if you are in Christ. Jesus Christ qualifies us to partake of the blessings or the inheritance of Christ. In other words, you are already qualified the moment you came into Christ to be like Christ. Hallelujah. It's not you to do this part. This is what Jesus has already done. You don't qualify yourself. You don't try to qualify. You just enjoy the qualification that Jesus brought. Amen. The next one. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. Hallelujah. What did he say? Did he say, I will deliver you or he will deliver us? No. He has delivered us. He has delivered us. Can someone say, I'm delivered? I'm delivered. Someone say that. That's right. You don't need deliverance. You're delivered. Hallelujah. The power of God is going to move on you and you're going to see yourself you're free. Why? Because you know the truth. When you know the truth, what happens? It sets you free. Amen. The next one. Conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. All this in the past. Not in the future. We're not trying to get all this. This is already done. Already done. Next one. In whom we have what? Redemption through his blood. The last one. Forgiveness of sins. It's all done. What's left? Nothing. It's all done. Hallelujah. We just go in and enjoy. We go in and say, Lord, I thank you because you've done all of it. You know, the reason why we struggle is because sometimes we think that we have some part to play. And then we get disappointed because we can't play any part. You know, confess and say, Lord, I, don't, I can't do it. I don't have any strength. I receive your strength. I receive what you've done. And then you walk in it. The last one, ask for the ideal in faith. That's what Paul was doing. He was asking for them. Verse 9, he says, he, he, was, he was praying for them and asking. So what you do? Say, Lord, I receive. I ask for you to help me to be everything that you said I would be. To be everything. And the last step, give thanks. Hallelujah. Repent. Check what God wants from you. Check what Jesus has done for you. Ask for help from God. And final step, give thanks and manifest 
the ideal, never accepting anything less. Just go out every day and declare to the world and to yourself, I'm a child of God. I'm living in victory. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, I, when I was going through stroke, uh, I kept on saying to myself, I'm going to get out of this bed soon. Hallelujah. I'm going to walk. Jesus said, I'm going to pass through this, but he will restore me. And that's, that's what I kept on saying. And, and I began to take action on that. How did I take action? I walked, walked out, practice. You know, do this, do this, do this, do this. Physiotherapy and all that stuff. And all that, I knew that God was working. It didn't come suddenly. Hallelujah. It took some practice. Like I told you, when I came to Canada, it didn't come, I, I, I didn't come, it didn't come easy. I had to practice living here. Now I enjoy the food. Now I love the people. Now I love the weather. It's not, it's not a problem. You know, because I stood and practiced. Hallelujah. I remember the day I became a Canadian citizen. I thought that once you become a Canadian citizen, you have money in your pocket. Welcome. Congratulations, you are now a citizen. That's all. Nothing in my pocket, bank account the same. It doesn't transform to money. You still have to take action. You still have to get a job and work. It's all done, but you still have to work it out. But how do you work it out? You don't try to get what is done. You work from the place that it is done. You wake up every morning and say, I am blessed. I've got the life of God in me. I'm not a sinner trying to be righteous. I'm righteous refraining from sin. It's a different place to be. And you walk like that every day. And when you fall, you get up again and say, Lord, I did it. I'm sorry. But that's not who I am. I'm already in the kingdom. The light is already in me. I'm the righteousness of Christ. So I step in to my reality and I act it out. Amen. And that's how we begin to have victory. And you see, sometimes it takes time, but you will see the fruit. Amen? If you keep putting it down, keep stepping on the word, you will see the result. Hallelujah. I always encourage people that if you speak the word of God, you will see the word of God manifest. If you stand on the word, you will see it manifest. Thank you for taking the time to listen to one of our messages from Impact Church. We hope and trust that this message encouraged you. If you want to find out more information about our church, check us out online at www.impactkingston.com. 